I'm sure everyone is wondering, where, where are the children? Well, they're out in the car. We, we need a break. We need a break from all those kids. No, they stayed back in Sunray. We brought one. And when you have eight kids, that's a, that's a honeymoon. Just, just one, just one. Hey, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Isaiah chapter 5. And we're going to read a, a very familiar verse. And matter of fact, when we read it, you're going to say, oh, I, I remember that verse. Isaiah chapter 5, and I am honored to be here. That's what you say when you're asked to, to speak somewhere. I'm honored to be here, but I really am. I'm honored to be here. I, I'm going to get to know your pastor better, hopefully. And I do know Tanner, Tanner Walton. I know him really well. And so if you want any stories about him, I'd be glad to tell you about his youth uh, and his growing up and the decisions he's made. Uh, so just ask me that after church. Isaiah 5 and verse 20. Let's just look at what it says. It says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Now, you've read that verse, I'm sure, before, and I have too. And you don't have to look very far in our culture to see this. I mean, you watch the news, you look at your phone. I mean, you, uh, it's everywhere. There's crazy things going on, crazy things going on, unbelievable things that are happening. And you can say, oh, that is, that's evil. Man, that is so evil. And the world applauds it. And the world says, no, that's not evil. That's, that's good. And then you got the back, you're like, oh man, that's, that's good. See what you have going here tonight. This is good. This is of the Lord. It honors the Lord. I love the Wednesday night crowd because you've worked all day. It's hard to get here, is it not? And you chose to come here and let's face it. We're a little more spiritual than everyone else. I mean, can we be honest? We're, hey, we're here Wednesday night. We're more spiritual. So I love the Wednesday night crowd. We see that everywhere. Evil for good. Hey, this is good. There, there's people that would say this is evil out there. And we, we see that out there. But let me ask you a question. Do we do that in here? Do, is, is there any possible chance? Now, I know it's out there. Uh, but is there any chance us as God's people that we might call good evil and evil good? Now, if you're like me, I always think to the extremes. I think about what I see on the news. I'm like, look at these people. These, the world has gone mad. And say, hey, you're telling us and you have eight kids, the world has gone mad? Now, the world has gone mad. Look at all that. But, you know, Jesus was sitting with his disciples. And he said, one of you guys is going to betray me. And do you remember their response? They, they said, is, is it is it I? Is it, is it me? We've lost that, haven't we, church? Sometimes we, we lose track that it could be us that's doing this. I, I, I don't like to think that way. I like to say, hey, have you seen the news? Uh, do, you, do you see what they're doing out there? They're calling good evil and evil good and bittersweet and sweet bitter and all this. They've got real problems out there. But maybe, maybe tonight we're going to look at something that God, God calls good that I think a lot of us, including myself, may say is evil. There's something God is wanting to do for all of us that's positive. But when we look at it, we might say it's, it's negative. Is, is it I? We, we don't do that. I don't. I say, you know what? Keep your eye on Judas. That guy's got problems. You know, Peter, I think, I think it might be Peter. 
I think if, if, if you really got Peter in a bind, he might deny you. I'm just saying, he might. Is it I? Is it I? Now, here's what I want us to do. We're going to look at a text. And I want us with open hearts to ask the Lord, Lord, is it I? Is it I that you're trying to do something positive in my life, something good? And, I, and I'm seeing it as negative. You're, you're trying to help me, but I'm rejecting the help. Do you realize tonight that could happen to us? It can happen to us just like anyone else. And you say, well, my word, what is it? Well, let me ask you a question. We're going to go to Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. Let me ask you this question. I'm, and I ask myself too. How well do you take correction? Now, I'm, I'm going to say it again. I want, you to, I want you to just think about that for a second. How well do you, now take it personal, all right? Not, not, oh, I'm so glad my kids are in here. I'm so glad the youth's in here. No, no, no. How well do you take correction? How well do you take correction? Let, let's, how many of you want to say, I don't want to talk about that. Let's do something else. Let, well, let's, let's just think about it. Proverbs 29, and look at what it says in verse 1. Proverbs 29, verse 1. It says, he that being often reproved or rebuked or corrected, hardeneth his neck. Now, this guy in the text, it's not us. We're Wednesday night church people. But this guy in the text, you know what it says about him? He gets corrected a lot. Wow, he's got a real problem, doesn't he? He gets corrected a lot. Now, when we hear that, we think, that's, that's, that's bad. This this guy's not very sharp. He's always getting into trouble. He's always being corrected. Now, I'm going to read you something. You stay where you are, and I'm going to read you Proverbs 3. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, I don't like this bouncing around business. Let's get to a text and stay there. But let me just read you Proverbs uh, 3, verse 12. Listen to this. For whom the Lord loveth, he what? He corrects. Even, now we say, well, that's, ne I don't want to be corrected because if you're getting corrected, that's negative, right? Even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. So get this, when God corrects or he, use pe he uses people, places, or things to correct us, he's doing it as a father that delights in his children. Wait, let's, let's reprogram. Do you realize tonight that correction in our lives is a positive thing. It's, it's a thing of the Lord. Do you realize that coworker that corrects you could be, I'm not saying it is, I mean, there's bad correction out there, but it could be of the Lord. What you're hearing about yourself from a lot of other people that you're like, that's, that's not true. It, it, you're, not, you're not really thinking about it. You're not analyzing. Do you realize that could be of the Lord and it's because he loves you? And he delights in you and he wants to grow you and mature you and help you. Man, we have a hard time. We're, we're a hard group of people, not just us particularly, but Christians to correct. We don't take that very well. I, I don't. I don't, you know. Well, what do you always say? Well, now, who do you think you are? That's what the world, you correct anyone nowadays. And what do they say? The classic you're judging me. 
Stop judging me. And that, that's leaked into here. The, the pastor and the staff and your teachers and just with each other, if you try to correct or help anyone from the Lord, we're going to talk about that. Oh, you, you just don't do that anymore. I coach T-ball. Don't ask me why. You can't correct anyone anymore. You, you got to get, you get ugly with those kids and then remember their parents are, and you got to change it. You know, you're like, you, you better listen. Do you not, does anybody ever teach you to listen? And then you kind of realize and you're like, but you're doing great. You know, you're a, you're going to be a great player one day. I mean, we, it's here. We, we have a hard time with correction, but the Bible says God uses people. Of all kinds. He uses places and he uses things to get our attention and says, I want to correct you here. But I, I do it because I love you and I delight in you and I want to help you. So let's read this text again. He, this guy is, he is, he is corrected often, which tells me God's trying to get his attention. God, God must love this guy. To, do, to have that many people or that same person to constantly be bringing something up. He's often reproved. It's a positive thing, folks. Now listen, I understand that there's bad correction. I understand that we can get in the church and get in the flesh. And, and here, here's a good thing to think about. Anytime you want to correct somebody, you probably shouldn't. But anytime you, you, you feel like the Lord wants to and you don't want to at all, may, maybe you should. If you get excited about correction, I've seen those people at church. They, they can't wait to iron everyone else out, you know. He's often reproved. Folks, listen, how, how do you have wisdom and how do you have knowledge without correction and teaching? What would happen if we're not willing to be corrected by the Lord? We won't listen to what people say. Look at what it says. He that is being often reproved hardeneth his neck. What does that mean? That means you ever try to help somebody? Your kids, just your kids. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. I ride horses, don't, you know, I ride horses every now and again. I did this morning, and they're the same way. If you, if you kind of pull on one, stiff-necked, they have a hard time being corrected. Now, I want you to do this. Everybody awake? Do we need a commercial? Because when everyone gets bored, I got to tell a, a weird story or, a, you know, do something. And everybody's like, well, let's, let's. Act bored and hear what this weird story is. Maybe I'll give you one here in a little bit. Imagine a world. This is going to be easy to do, but I want you to imagine a world where no one would be willing to be corrected. Now, I'll just, just imagine that world. What would it be like if you couldn't correct anyone without them being offended? Without, without that. Everyone would quit in the area they're corrected. That's what would happen. You know, your kid comes home, my boss says, I'm not working hard. <gasps> you ought to quit. 
I can't believe. It's, times have changed. I'm not that old. I'm 39. I was in a different generation. I, I was in a small town in a, a ranchy type. You say, what's that mean? I don't know. It was a country type atmosphere where everyone agreed with the authorities. You remember those days? My teacher yelled at me. I had a coach tell me one time that he's going to rip my ears off. I mean, he, he was serious. Now, I did hit him in the back of the head with a basketball, but he turned around and said, I ought to rip your ears off. And I went home and said, you know what my coach said? He said, he's going to rip my ears off. You better start paying attention when you go up there, jacking around up there. Maybe he will rip your ears. I hope he does rip your ears off. Save me the trouble. Any area you get corrected, everybody would quit. Imagine, imagine a church where someone tries to help you. Oh, I'm not going there anymore. They judge there. What if it was the hand of God trying to give you wisdom and knowledge and grow you and mature you and help you and you're, and you're slapping his hand away? That makes us where we're not very wise, doesn't it? Not very knowledgeable. No one would listen to teachers or authority. I don't know. Is there any teachers in here? Oh, you, we got the teacher posse over here. Okay. Do y'all go to church together, go hang out together, go everywhere together? How do, how do you do it? How, how, do you, how do you teach when no one listens? My wife, Rachel, her dad has taught for 40 years. And he said, I retired at the right time because no one listens. You can't teach anyone. That's leaked into here, folks. Take that. It, Lord, is it I? Is it I? Is that, is that me? Nothing productive would be accomplished. Everyone would be entitled. No one would be willing to help because we're afraid someone's going to correct us. They couldn't find anyone to announce the game at our Friday night football game. And you ask the question, why? Because no one wants to do it and get corrected, get in trouble. I'll mess up. Everyone's lives would be harder. There would be no sense of love. Folks, do you realize if you don't correct, you don't love? If I see my children out in the street... And it's the ones out of the eight that I care about. I'll holler at them and say, get out of the street. But if you keep me up all night, I'll pray about it, you know. You, if you love someone, you correct them. You teach them wisdom and knowledge to help them. This guy saw correction as a negative. Folks, listen to me. There's things that are said about us repetitively that we need to think about. You come across angry. I'm not angry. Well, everyone thinks you're angry. Well, I'm not. I'm not an angry person. Why does everyone keep saying that? Listen, even if everyone is wrong, which is rare, but what if everyone was wrong? If we're supposed to be salt and light, don't you think? God would help us. We ought to just look into it a little bit. I was driving down the road with two of my children. And how many of you are saying, we're already sick of hearing about your children? 
riding down the road and two of my children we were talking about what we we're going to do that evening and one of them said well it doesn't matter because you're going to be on your phone I'll get my belt off you to lie about me like that that's my, that's my thing you know hey listen when all the staff gets back Sunday you come in here just do this to each other and only us will know what happened That'll be our thing, all right? That'll be our thing. He says, well, you're always going to be on your phone. I said, that's outrageous. The one in the back, he said, it's true, Dad. And I say, boys, (laughs) maybe, maybe. God uses children, doesn't he? Maybe, maybe I got a problem. I'd like to tell you I I don't have a problem, but maybe maybe I do. And I know what it is. It's WGT golf. Of all things to waste your time on, a virtual golf game. Look me up if you young guys want to play me. You can't handle me. Not in the the evenings. Because my kids are watching now. I'm serious. It's, it's. Hey, you're, you've got an anger problem. You don't listen. Two or three witnesses. There's things that are being said about you. And you're hearing it. And if you're not careful, we'll, we'll do this. And God's saying, I'm trying to grow you. I'm trying to help you. This isn't bad. This isn't a bad thing. This is for, this is for your growth. Because I love you and I delight in you. This guy, he, 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 he wouldn't listen. He wouldn't listen. And look at what happens. This is tragic, and I don't want any of us to be this way. But I see this in our church. You know what? I, I've had to correct people, and I, I get corrected all the time. I know if your pastor or someone on staff here comes and says something to you, you have the thought, well, who corrects you? Trust me, we get it. We get it. Your pastor, I promise you, is corrected more than you are. I promise. But I've been told everything. You go up to someone that's older and say, listen, this is what we're seeing, not just me, that this is others. And I want to help you here. And and they say, well, I've got socks older than you. I mean, why would I listen to you? Hey, folks, it's not me. It's not the messenger. It's, It's not the circumstance. It's the Lord, if you're a Christ follower, trying to get your attention out of love. And he delights in you and he wants to grow you just like we do our own children. Listen. Listen to what's being said. Compute it. Even things that are said about me that aren't true. I need to sit down and just think about it. Is there any truth in this, Lord? And if there's not, go on about your business. We're so easily offended. This guy was loved so much that he was often reproved, corrected. But he hardened his neck. Boy, it's easy to do. Don't get mad at this guy. Listen to what happens. Shall shall suddenly be destroyed. Now we see why God is making a big deal out of the things that we're saying is not a big deal. God is using people, places, and things to correct us and get our attention. And we're saying, that's bad, that's negative, that's evil. I don't have to take this. 
I'm going to go somewhere where they appreciate who I am. You won't get wiser that way. You won't grow like you're supposed to, and you're going to be destroyed. You say, well, what's going to destroy us? Probably what you're being warned about from everyone. He didn't listen. And you shall be suddenly destroyed, and that without remedy. And you know what? God is just. God is true. We deserve it. We deserve it. And he says, I tried to tell you. I tried to, but you wouldn't listen. I used everyone. I mean, the family came over and set you down and all told you and you argued with everyone. I, I tried and I tried and I tried. How well do you take correction? And me, and we're talking about work anywhere. Anywhere. I'm going to give you some things here, and I know what you're thinking. You thought I was almost done, didn't you? I've got so many bullets here. We're going to be here for a good while. Number one, be thankful. And I'm going to try this too. We've got to have God's help and the working of the Holy Spirit. We've got to be in his word to be able to do this. Do you realize without God we can't do anything? <laughs> Number one, be thankful for correction. Because it means God cares enough about you. I had a friend growing up, and his parents were not around. And mine were. My dad was a pastor. And we lived that structured life that was so annoying back then. You know, the structured life. And my friend, he didn't have that. He could go anywhere he wanted to go. He could stay out all the time. He didn't have to ask to do anything. He just did his own thing. He got into a lot of trouble. And I realize now my parents loved me. Gave me wisdom, knowledge. Be thankful for correction. Hey, you want to blow someone's mind at work? If they come up to you and say, hey, you know what? You'd mess this up. You need to. You say, thank you. They won't know what to do with that. Thank you. You're right. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to think about that. Be thankful for correction. Don't, this is a big one. Y'all awake? That's my insecurity coming out. <laughs> Don't help others reject correction. You know, when someone comes to you that you know has an anger problem, say, you know what? Everybody said I have an anger problem. You do. You do. Kids quitting sports because the coaches get up. Don't quit, guys. What are you going to do in life when, when you're going to quit everything? And that's what we're seeing. No one's working. I don't know why. Have eight kids, you'll work. I promise. We drink, I think, five to six gallons of milk a week. So if y'all want to take up a milk love offering, I think it might be of the Lord. Don't help others reject correction. It doesn't mean God's not delighted. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you when he corrects you. You read God's word and the Holy Spirit, he'll show that Man, that's God interested in us, talking to us. We ought to be like, whoa, wow. Consider the source and evaluate it anyway. 
of value. Everything that's said about me, a lot of it's lies, just like you. But I still need to see if there's any truth in it. And the Holy Spirit helps guide us. What would we do without the teacher of the Holy Spirit? My word. God uses more than people for correction. He uses all kinds of circumstances. Folks, listen, and I'll be done. I promise. Look, when you see your preacher do this, it's time everybody perks up and gets excited. What is God lately? Because he didn't give me this message just for the heck of it. What is it you're hearing about yourself from other people? What is a circumstance revealed about you? What, you know, with the crunch and all that's going on in our culture, I think God's revealing some idols to us. And he's shaking those things that we're putting our faith in and not him. And he's correcting us. What, what's he, what's he, I, I promise you, if you're his child, he's doing something in your life pro, proactive. What's being said? What's, listen, is it I, Lord? Is it I? And that's how we get wiser with more knowledge and that's how he matures us. What do you call, this, what, look how dramatic this is. What do you call, you learn this at seminary, you know, moves like that. I wish I had glasses so I could, now I forgot what I was going to tell you. <laughs> what do you call, there I am. What do you call someone at work, church, school, wherever, that won't listen? And won't, they think they have all the answers. They think they've arrived. You call them immature. Well, you might call them worse than that. They're immature. That's not what God has for his children. He wants more from us. Amen? Hey, listen, thank you for letting us come. All right, thank you. I'm going to turn it over to... Tell me your name again, brother. <laughs> what? Rick. Rick.